Welcome, everybody, to the Juhu Roadshow podcast on ramp. On ramp is a uh, supplementary podcast that we're doing in conjunction with my primary podcast, which is the Juhu Roadshow, which you can find exclusively on patreon.com forward slash Juhu. That's P A T R E O N, patreon.com forward slash Juhu. On this podcast, what we're trying to do is kind of introduce you to who I am. Um, you know, there are several. Several people that do know who I am because of the films I've done, but there's a lot more that don't. And so we want to um, introduce people outside of the, my circle and, and the people that have been affected by my films uh, to who I am and where I come from, what I do, and, and why the hell you would want to listen to the Jew Who Road Show. And so we decided that we would do On Road or On Ramp. Shit, I forgot the name of the show already. <laughs> it's On Ramp. On ramp. See, it's a play on words. You know, the road show, get on the ramp, get on. <sighs> yeah, I probably should have made sure I had that nailed down before we started this. I've been saying it right the last four episodes, though. This is episode five of On Ramp. How about that? Uh, and uh, we're going to, in the next probably episode, episode and a half, we're going to wrap up where I kind of came from and, and how I got to where I am now, which is a filmmaker and an author and a um uh, the television uh, writer, and uh, now a podcaster, which I have to say, I, I just, I have fallen in love with this whole podcast thing and sitting around and visiting with people. And, and that's what, the, in case you're curious, that's what the Jew Who Roadshow is, is I go out on the road and I talk to people, um, you know, where they are. I talk to celebrities. I talk to athletes. I talk to, uh, you know, NASCAR pit chiefs. I talk to artists. I talk to, I mean, just all kinds of really, really, really interesting, cool people. Um, and that's a subscription-based podcast, but we wanted to kind of create this supplemental podcast. But the on-ramp is just kind of to give some background and then... Uh, once we get everybody caught up, then it will be to keep you caught up and share things that are going on, um, you know, personally and professionally with me. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the road show is simply with, with guests and interviews and things like that. So in episode four, I kind of gotten us everyone to the point where uh, I was talking. I was talking about where I went to school and the small town I grew up in. And I'm not going to go too much into the small town stuff because we're actually doing a, a show on the Juhu Roadshow podcast specifically about that. A great friend of mine and I both grew up in small towns, and so on January the 12th, we're going to um, we're going to do a podcast on on what it was like growing up in a small town. Um, so you don't want to miss that. So subscribe and listen to the Juhu Roadshow if you get a chance and you're you're interested in that. Um, but it was very cool. Um, you know, in hindsight, there are things that uh, I missed growing up in a small town, but there are things that uh, I was exposed to and I got in a small town that may not have had otherwise. Um, I grew up in a town called Bloomfield, New Mexico, which is up in the Four Corners area of of the United States. And if you don't know what the Four Corners area is, that is... Um, that's New Mexico, Colorado, Arizona, and Utah, and it, they come together in, in one point there. It's the only place in the United States where that happens. It's called the Four Corners area. And so I grew up in a, in a smaller town, Bloomfield, New Mexico, and, and you know, I was a bobcat and uh, played sports there. And, and, you know, it was just, it was fun and, and did a lot of stupid shit there and, and you know, <laughs> just... A lot of fun things and, and made a lot of friends, as, as we all do when we go to school, and made a lot of friends that last a, a lifetime. And as I get older, 
um, it's interesting how valuable those friendships become. Um, you know, and I, I don't know, I wonder at times if it's because they remind you of a, a more uh, simple time in your life or if it's because those people have known you the longest and there's a, there's a comfort level there. You know, it's just curious to me as I get older, um, the, the music from that time, the, you know, the friendships from that time, they become so valuable. Um, and so I, I, I've really started to appreciate those times more and more. And we're going to talk about that on, on the Jew Who Road show. Um, but um, so I graduated from, from Bloomfield. And when I, was in, when I was in high school and I was a senior, um, I had finished most of my, my required classes. And so, you know, when you're a senior, you get, you know, office aid classes and stuff like that. And so I had, I had already had, I was a guidance, guidance office aide. Um, and then I had another open class and I could have taken like another, um, office aid class, but, uh, I, something about the newspaper class caught my attention. Betty Ayton was the teacher and, um, I decided I would take this newspaper class because writing always seemed to come fairly easy to me. I enjoyed it and I just thought it would be super easy, just about as easy as doing an office aid class. So I took, uh, I took this uh, newspaper class, you know, and we put out, I can't remember, I think it was a monthly newspaper uh, for the school. And uh, I wrote my first story. And by the second edition of the Bobcat Prowler was what it was called. By the second edition of the Bobcat, Bobcat Prowler that year, I was the editor-in-chief of the paper. And I also had a, um, a column... <laughs> so stupid. I had a column called Meditations of a Bellwether, which if you're curious what a bellwether is, it's a, it's the sheep. Uh, it's the main the main sheep in a flock of sheep or a herd of sheep. I get what is it a flock or a herd uh, of sheep um, that carries the bell and kind of leads the way and everybody follows. I have no idea why I thought that was an intelligent title for my column, Meditations of a Bellwether. I could have just said thoughts of a leader or something, you know, but it was just you're a senior and you think you're so smart and, and witty. So meditations of a bellwether was my column. And um, I remember one time and, and this is this really is what uh, got me going in the whole journalism thing. Uh, number one, I, I did enjoy writing and it came fairly easy. But I remember I, I went to the office for something, the guidance office, actually, where I was an aide. And I went there maybe it was even during my my period of being an office aide anyways there was a uh, a woman that was in the office and her name was Rose and I'm I unfortunately can't remember her last name it was Rose and uh I started visiting with her and I graduated in 1994 and Rose was she graduated in the class of 1974 and she was there checking into some things because they were getting ready to do their their 20 year reunion well for some reason, I mean, the conversation with her just really struck me, and I had a wonderful time talking to her. And um, I left the office, and I decided that I was going to write my next column on where are we going to be, the class of 94, where are we going to be in 20 years? Um, which I hadn't thought about the fact that that was, geez, almost four years ago already. Holy crap. Uh, anyways, so I wrote this story about, you know, who's going to be here, who's going to be there, who's going to be doing this, who's going to be, 
uh, gone, who's going to have passed away. Uh, you know, just an interesting story. I didn't think anything of it, wrote it, seemed like it went over fairly well. So fast forward, uh, that would have been in like September, October. Fast forward to May, and I get this letter at my house um, from, it just said, uh, um, USJA or something like that. I can't, I can't remember, but I opened it up. It was U.S. Journalism Association or something. Anyways, uh, Betty Ayton, my, the teacher of the newspaper class, had submitted that, and it won the Best High School Newspaper Story in the Country Award. I think I'm sure there was a more proper name for that. But uh, I was really shocked by that, and, and um, I didn't think the story was that good, but apparently they liked it, and, and so I got this award thing, and it was really cool. And that's when I was like, hey, I, you know, I kind of like this. This is fun. So I decided to go into print journalism. Initially, I wanted to be a, um, a newspaper writer. So uh, I graduated high school, and like literally like two months after I graduated high school, I got hired by the, uh, the local paper there, the Farmington Daily Times, um, which has pretty much dwindled into nothing now uh, because people don't read print newspapers as much as they used to. But back then it was a big source of information for the Four Corners area, and, and uh, I started writing for them, and um, I enjoyed it except... I realized that, well, I had done a story one night. I had covered a volleyball game, and it was, you know, it was it was in this intense volleyball game. It was a district matchup. I think it was Bloomfield and Kirtland, and it was a big deal. And I, you know, I was there the whole night, and it went it went to five games, uh, and you know, it was just so exciting. And the gym was all hot and you know muggy, and everybody was screaming and exhausted by the time it was over. And I got back and I wrote like like 15 inches on this amazing back and forth, like, you know, epic battle between Kirtland, the Broncos and the Bobcats. It was like, shit, you had to be there. And I woke up the next morning and it was like a three, three inch piece, uh, you know, uh, Bloomfield claims district district crown over Kirtland or something. I was like, hey, what the hell, bro? So. I, I realized then and there that uh, you were really at the mercy of, of editors when it came to newspaper stuff. So kind of lost my luster for that uh, and just happened to be, ironically, at that time, I had started college. This was a couple months after I started. So the, so this first semester of, of college had started and I was going to San Juan Community College, which is an absolutely fantastic uh, community college. It still is. But at the time that I went there, it was under the direction of um, Dr. James Henderson, who was the president of the college for almost 30 years, maybe over 30 years. And then in, in that entire 30 years, um, tuition never went up once, not once. And tuition was super cheap. It was $15 a credit hour. So it cost me, I think, 270 or $290 a semester for a full schedule for 12 credit hours. And then if you were over 12 credit hours, I think it was free up to 18. So you could take up to 18 credit hours for 270, 290 bucks a semester. I mean, it was, it was insane how cheap it was. And I remember I got a Pell Grant and the Pell Grant was like 2,500 or 2,900 or something. And the tuition was so cheap there that I would pay my tuition and then have enough left over to pay my car payment for like the entire semester. It was awesome. Dr. Henderson was awesome. Um, but anyhow, uh, I was going to school there and, and as I was kind of starting to get fed up with the newspaper thing, um, an opportunity opened up 
my advisor was a great guy by the name of Jim Burgess, who I, you know, I didn't know him that well at the time, but we ended up becoming extremely close. Uh, really, really great guy from the Bay Area. Um, uh, geez, it's hard to it's hard to even describe Mr. Burgess, but uh, he told me of a an internship that was opening up at uh, the local NBC affiliate, which was KOBF TV. And I had never thought about television before. Um, but I thought, okay, well, that sounds pretty cool. Um, so I applied for the, for the uh, internship. And um, naturally, I was just like stoked when I found out that I got it. And so we made it, we made it through that semester. And summer started. And I started my internship. And I will never, ever, ever forget the first story I went on. Um, I was with Kevin McDonald, who is now at PBS in Albuquerque. Um, I was with Kevin McDonald, and we went to an air show in Durango, Colorado. And, uh, you know, we got to go, like, right up next to the to the Thunderbird planes, and you know, we were on the runway. And, I mean, it was just so, so cool when you were, you know, I was 18 years old, I think. And uh, had I turned 18 yet? I'm, yeah, I think so. I think I had turned 18. Um, but I just remember, like, it was so exciting to to be able to go past everybody else, you know, to, like, get close to the story and be a part of what was going on. And, and it was just so exciting. And I knew right then and there that I loved this whole TV thing. And I, I, I just, I was so excited about it. And so that air show got me hooked and... You know, that was a great thing about television news was it was it was always the same thing. Like you came in, you did stories, you wrote stories, you edited stories. They went on the air, you went to dinner, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, it was different every day because the stories were different every day. And so I just absolutely loved this whole TV thing. And so I got I got really, really into it. And then uh, then some things happened where um one person, one person had already planned on on moving, and uh, oh, hold on, my phone's buzzing. I gotta turn it off. You're gonna have to wait, Austin, Texas, because you're probably a telemarketer, anyways. Um, if not, leave me a message. Uh, anyhow, I um, I oh, that's where I was. So somebody had already planned on leaving. I think it was Scott Micklin planned on leaving and Scott is he was my my first boss when I was an intern and uh, we eventually ended up working together uh, over the years several times well for for quite some time and and we'll talk more about that and I, I can I can guarantee you now I'll have Scott on the show at some point because we're still really really good friends and and uh, we just you know we, there's just too much too much history of working together to you don't just let that slip away but anyhow I think Scott had taken a job in Maryland or somewhere like that, and then someone else got fired, if I remember right. So here I am. I'm 18. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing this internship my first time, my first summer out of high school, and because of the size of the station, which it wasn't that big, and because of the circumstances, Scott leaving and then someone else getting fired, I believe, they came to me as an 18-year-old and said, hey... Um, we don't have anybody to anchor the, the weekend newscast. Would you be interested in doing that? And my first thought right off the bat was, holy shit, are you serious? But I think initially uh, my reaction 
outwardly was, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, sure, I could do that, no problem. <laughs> I, was, I was scared to death, actually, but I, sure, man, let's do it. So at 18, um, now granted, it was a very short cut in, probably five minutes, seven minutes, something like that. Uh, and it was recorded, but I was on the air for NBC News doing a cut in and it was awesome. And I've seen, <laughs> I've seen tapes of that when I, those first few shows and good Lord almighty, I look like a deer in the headlights, man. I looked absolutely scared to death, had the old uh, hair parted down the middle, <laughs> uh, you know, looking wet and greasy. And just, I just, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's funny to look at now. But I, back then, well, I guess it was the mid-90s. I thought it was cool anyways. But, uh, man, that was neat. That was That was so neat to be able to do that for that summer. And then, you know... Uh, I wrote it out for the summer. They got somebody to actually do the weekend news, and then I, I went back to school. Um, I think I hung on and did some stuff for them during the school year as well. But anyways, went back to San Juan College, and, uh, you know, just felt like, felt cool because, you know, it was there's only like 50,000 people in the town, 100,000, 120,000 in the county. Um, so, you know, if you're on the news, most people know who you are. And so when I went back to school, my sophomore year at San Juan, um, a lot of people had seen me on the news and they thought that was really neat. Um, which is basically like someone injecting ego into your body and just pumping. So yeah, my head got big and my attitude, I was cocky little turd. Um, but, uh, so I'm in my second semester at San Juan and, and, uh, I remember there was this girl that I wanted to ask out, uh, Angela, Angela King. And, uh, I'd been trying to ask her out for a long time. And, and so, um, finally I, I asked her and she was with student services, like the student body, you know, student council. And I remember I w- went up to the window there at the, at the associated students was what it was called. And I was talking to her and trying to get her to go out with me. And she said she would go out with me if I would run for president of, of the student body. And I, I didn't think anything of that. I'm like, okay, sure, no problem. Well, shit, man. I show up the next day, and there's like all these signs, you know, hunt for president and all this stuff. And and uh, sure enough, I won. Won the damn election. Wasn't ready for that, but uh, won the election. And uh, oh, I had to do some debates and stuff. So I ended up having to do that and won the election. And so my third year at San Juan, I was the student body president, student council. Got to and as student body president, you are invited to the um, the board meetings of the, of the, of the, the, uh, school. So I'm sitting, you know, in these board meetings with Dr. Henderson and all these, you know, elected officials for the school board. It was pretty cool. It was a great experience and they treated me really nice. So that was fun. Um, but finished that, graduated from San Juan and did another internship with KOBF over the summer. And, uh, I'll never forget. I, I have to tell a, a quick story about something that really impacted my life as well. Um, I think by my third year at San Juan, I was really, you know, I was student body president and I had been on TV two summers at that point and um, just thought I was, you know, just thought I was the shit. And so I remember I had an instructor in, in biology named Donna Hobbs. She was so cool, man. She just kind of let you do, do your own thing. And, and we would go out. San Juan College is surrounded by hills and like pinion trees and pinion pine and like all these, you know, neat things. 
and we would go out and look at stuff and she would take us on these trips. It was, it was awesome. She was just a fantastic teacher. Um, but, uh, I think she could tell I was, you know, a bit of a turd at that time. And I was kind of slacking off in her class. I think, you know, not doing what I should have been doing, not turning stuff in. And, and so I remember she called me to her office one day. So I go to her office and, and she asked me to shut the door. Now, Donna, you have to imagine Donna. She, uh, she was, you know, kind of short, always wore Wranglers with the bottoms rolled with like hiking boots and usually like a flannel button up shirt. And she always had like this, uh, this like thermal coffee mug that was half as big as she was. She had short gray hair, um, and like these piercing, piercing eyes, man. And she called me into her office and, and she said, Hey, do you mind shutting the door? And I'm like, no, no, that's fine. So I shut the door and I like, you know, like acting like cool guy. What's up? You know, you need something or what? (laughs) Smart ass, man. And, uh, she started the conversation and, and, and I could totally, I I could slowly tell this was, this was not going to go well for me. And so I'll spare you the entire conversation, but let me give you the gist of it. And the thing that I walked away from it with Donna, Donna set me down and she said, you need to hear something. And she said, here's, here's the thing. You think that you're going to make it through life with blue eyes and a bullshit smile. But here's the deal. That's going to run out. And she said, if you want to be somebody, you need to stop acting like you know uh, something about, or you need to stop acting like you know everything about something. And you need to learn a little of everything or a little of something about everything. Is that it? Yeah. You need to stop acting like you know everything about something and learn to know something about everything. And then you'll be a good man. Well, shit. I was like a punch in the face and the gut and the junk and a kick in the ass all at the same time and and a punch in the spleen and a roundhouse in the ego. Yeah. And an elbow in the pride. I mean, she nailed me, man. And uh, I walked out of the office, tail between my legs, head down, shoulders hunched and um, started thinking about what, what she said. And that has stuck with me my entire life. And because of Donna, I mean, that really changed the trajectory of, of who I was. And, and my entire attitude changed after that. It really did. That one talk changed my entire attitude. So I'll never forget that. And I'm, I guess that's my way of passing on what Donna gave to me is, is, is always, always remember that. And I, and I've told it to, I've told it to, to guys that I coached cause I coached high school football for a while and guys that are, that are, they were, they're, teenagers when I was coaching them and now they're grown men and I told them when they were teenagers you know you think you're going to get by with bullshit but if you want to be a good man you need to learn you need to stop acting like you know everything about something and learn a little of something about everything it was amazing man I was always appreciate Donna Hobbs because of that but um so I ended up finishing finishing uh San Juan graduated from there really enjoyed that um I remember it was cool too because they uh, they did a bunch of billboards around around the city advertising San Juan College and it was my picture at graduation that uh, that they used for that so that was cool I remember that and uh, graduated from from San Juan well while I was still in school there um, I was still working 
you know, I was doing stuff for KOBF and I was shooting sports and stuff. And I'd played high school and, and I'd play, I'd played football in high school and I still loved the sport. And I would go shoot games every Friday night for this show we had called game day, which was kind of a recap of all the local games. And, um, I just, I remember shooting football and I still loved it so much. And, and me and a bunch of guys, we would play football every Sunday religiously without fail there would be about 10 or 12 sometimes more very very seldom less um and we would play full contact no pads every sunday and we would just knock the the just knock the piss out of each other broken bones and and i mean we would just kill each other and uh um i just still loved the game of football and so i decided that i was going to try to walk on and play college football at Mesa State University in Grand Junction, Colorado. I I had I was born there. Spent a lot of time there. You know, during my well, not a lot of time, but you know, when we would be on the fair circuit and we would stop in in Grand Junction. So I remembered Grand Junction. My stepmom lived there. Brett had moved on, and she lived there at the time. Uh, I had some friends and family there. It was a, it's a beautiful city. If you've never been to the, to Grand Junction or the Grand Valley, you need to go. It's so pretty. So I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a try. I am going to walk on or, or try to walk on and play football at Mesa State College, the Mavericks. And so, um, let's see, I graduated from San Juan in May of 97. So in January of 97, me and a buddy of mine, Daryl Pretty, he had he had no horse in the race. He just wanted to help me. We would get up and uh, the one of the coaches from my high school, Coach Grego, g- gave me a key to the gym, f- you know, free reign. Um we would go to the gym at three in the morning, starting in January, and start working out, getting ready to see if I could try out for football at Mesa State. And worked my butt off January, February, March, April, and and was reaching out to, to Mesa and uh, to Coach Jay Hood was his name. He's gone now. I don't know where he went. He was an asshole. I couldn't stand the guy. Um, no, Not very many people could, to be honest. Um except for the scholarship guys because he kissed their butt. But anyways, so I uh, I decided I was going to go try to walk on and play football at Mesa State. Now, granted, you know, this you can't see me, but I'm not the I'm not the biggest guy in the world. I'm not the smallest guy in the world, but I'm probably about 5'7", five, 5'8", five, at that time 140 pounds. That's not very big for college football. But I was fast, and, I you know, I was good at football. We played every Sunday. I was ready to try. So... Um, spent that uh, that spring, that winter, and that spring getting ready, and then in um, I applied to San Juan or to Mesa, to Mesa to go to school there, and I got accepted to go to school. So regardless, I was going to go to school at Mesa. They had a good journalism program, and I was going to stay with Burdett, my stepmom, and 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 so I was excited. It was a, it was a fresh start. It was a new you know new environment. I could have gone somewhere else, by the way. And I kind of regret this, but I, I did get uh, a scholarship offer to go wrestle at uh, Columbia University. Um, but I just, I don't know if I was afraid of of going that far away or if I didn't. I don't, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't take it. I think I was, I think I was worried. Uh, I think I was worried about going that far away. Um, but uh, I didn't take it. And in hindsight, I wish I would have. Uh, but you never know. I mean, the things happen for a reason. So, um, but I didn't go to I didn't go to Mesa. I went to San Juan. I mean, I didn't go to C- 
Colombia. I went to San Juan, which <laughs> talk about apples and split peas. I mean, those things aren't even closely related. But um, so in the summer of 97, uh, I moved up to Grand Junction, got ready to go to school and um, and Mesa State, the Mavericks were starting their summer workouts. So I walked up to Coach Hood and told him that I wanted to uh, give it a shot and, and see what would happen. And, um, oh, look at that. We're out of time. Um, yeah, so anyways, got to close her down for episode five. See, these things go so fast. I, I hope you're enjoying them, but I, I, I sure am. Um, but let me just throw this out there real quick before we go. Um, uh, number one, thank you for, for listening to, for listening to the on-ramp. I remember the name of it this time, the on-ramp, um, which is, you know, a spinoff of the Jew Who Roadshow podcast. And, uh, I just want to invite you over to the Jew Who Roadshow, completely different kind of thing, but we have some great guests and, and, uh, so many cool shows that we've already done and so many really, really neat guests and shows coming up. And uh, we're running uh, exclusively through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Juhu. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Juhu. Um, and uh, the subscription is five bucks a month. And you, you get to listen to every podcast that we do, have done, will do. Um, it's, a, it's a great little deal. So I would invite you over to check that out. Uh, but um, that's going to do it for episode five. We come back in episode six. I'll tell you what happened at Mesa. Um, and, uh, we'll wrap up this whole youth thing, uh, and then we'll start in on, you know, news and movies and, uh, the things that have happened over the past, uh, 15, 20 years or so, as far as my career is concerned. But anyways, everybody, I really appreciate you tuning in to the on-ramp and, um, yeah, until then, hope you all, all of you have a great day. <laughs>